Good morning. It is, let me turn this down. Uh, Wednesday, April 13th. Sorry, I'm turning down my TV. I was listening to uh, Poppin' Jim Cramer thinking, okay, what am I going to buy in reverse? He says, uh, don't buy JP Morgan at 120. Boom, order in. <laughs> um, no. Uh, let's go over kind of, you know, I'll go over uh, kind of my notes just in order here. Um, Devon Energy, I think Energy is up again. Let's see Devon on the Active Trader Pro list. Devon is up, trading at 63, like I said. Buy it under 60, sell it at 65, 66, whatever you want. Um, 52-week high was hit March 23rd at 63.26. We will open up above that today. So you're at 52-week highs. Fang, um, which is Diamondback Energy. This one's opening up 141. Yesterday traded between 137 and 142. Closed down at 139. 52-week high hit back in March at 147. We will get back to that. So those are two that I had down as far as energy plays that I think are fantastic opportunities. Uh, maybe not at the highs here, but on any pullback, I would say go for it. Uh, Scott Menard of Guggenheim Funds on CNBC yesterday, he believes that the Ukraine invasion marked the bottom. Uh, he's bullish on bonds at these levels, still bullish on oil. He thinks oil has a lot to run. And the interesting play that he mentioned was Micron, Micron Technologies. Um, uh, MU is the symbol. And this one, um, I believe it was somebody on Halftime Report a few weeks ago bought this one around 70, I, I think it was around this, maybe 68 or so. Um, their earnings date is uh, not, not till June. So they don't have a lot of, um, they're trading at 71. It's going to open up at 72. Let's look at it on the algorithm in TrendSpider. And again, TrendSpider has this go, no, go, new, um, new feature that I absolutely love. Just starting to learn to use it. Haven't posted it yet. But Micron, you'd be out right now. Not in, but it does look like there's going to be a MACD cross up probably in the next uh, few days. They just passed their um, ex-dividend date. The dividend is, is minuscule, 0.56% yield. So it's not much. Um, they announced their earnings, $2.14 back on March 29th. The RSI right now is at 38. I think this is an interesting level because last, you know, it's 52-week high is 98 back in January. Uh, one of the things that you're seeing with chips is that um, they are, uh, there's going to be a glut. And so that's, that's essentially what they're, what they're doing. But Scott Miner likes it at this level. Um, Kathy Woods was also on yesterday. And I'm a huge fan of Kathy Woods. Still own, let's see. I will tell you because I only own it in my brokerage account. Uh, I own, it looks like about $100,000 between the four funds. Um, Maybe a little bit more. Um, but of the four ARC funds, ARC-G, ARC-F, ARC-K, ARC-W. Those are the four that I own. Um, I have trimmed them. I own them just in my brokerage account. And the reason I'm not selling them and not necessarily trimming them is I do have significant gains in them. Uh, even with all the pullback, 
we're talking about 20%, 40%, uh, 80%, and 70%. So I'm up uh, significantly on this one because I got in early. Um, a lot of these I purchased back in 2017 or so. Her assumption is, and they were asking her about you know her, her performance. She's down 80% from her high um, on her flagship fund, which is ARK-K. Um, she said she thinks that within the next five years, if you buy it today, rather than getting a 20% per year compound like you have over the past five years, because they're beaten down so much, she believes you will get a 50% yearly compound um, because the levels are so low. I'm not 100% sure I believe her. Mike Santoli came on and, and said he looked at it, um, that they're, they're going to release their, uh, their models on GitHub. So you'll be able to actually use the, the spreadsheets and look at the models and manipulate the models and look at them like you would want to see. So that's the models that they're going to release. They also uh, release their research. And here's what's really, in my opinion, what's happening is they release all of their stock buys every day. So you get to look at each and every stock. You, you know, there's newsletters that come out. I get several of them that come out and just quantify what she bought, how much she bought, um, and what are the top five stocks that they're getting into. Uh, a lot of people essentially look at that and say, oh, they've got a high conviction in these. So the point that Mike Santelli brought up yesterday is uh, as they release their research, um, there's money that flows into those stocks and they go up. But because ARK is an ETF, there's quite a few other stocks that don't go up. And his example was Tesla. Tesla has been a huge, huge winner for ARK. If you look at Tesla versus ARK, Tesla has just skyrocketed and is so far above the performance of ARK over the past two years that it's just not even funny. And the reason is because all of the other stocks are bringing down ARK. So, do you want to buy the top ones that of their top convictions that they're actually pouring money into uh, and just have the laggards be the laggards like Roku and PayPal and things of that sort where they're pouring money into these and, and it's just losing, losing, losing? Um, that's up to you. But I still believe in ARC. I still believe in her theory. I just think that maybe the market has gotten smarter. Uh, and the fact that she releases the research, I think, is starting to hurt. So, um, that's Kathy Woods. Um, oh, by the way, Scott Minard also is heavily invested in Square and PayPal. Square is Block, um, but they're, they're SQ. Uh, heavily invested in those two companies, um, which he would probably, his, his philosophy is, um, wouldn't lead him there, but it was kind of shocking. So, uh, JP Morgan released earnings, um, and Jamie Dimon in the letter said, uh, they, they had a huge write down from Russia, which was expected. Um, but the guidance kind of made the stock go down. Uh, it's significantly down in pre-market about three, four percent at about 120 or so. Um, let's take a look where it is. JPM on Active Trader Pro, 127. Uh, it closed at 131. If we look at the algorithm, JPM in the algorithm, uh, this one runs. The earnings was today. The ex-dividend date was just April 5th. Um, this one, you'd be out 
you would have gotten out with a 1% gain from the last buy. Uh, the algorithm performs about the same as per buying. Uh, 36% performance on the algorithm, 41% if ju you just buy and hold. Right now, the RSI is at 37. Uh, this chart looks ugly. There is nothing that indicates to me this one is going up. Um, Kramer kind of said, hey, the charts say that it's going down to 120, <clears throat> or I'm sorry, 100. I would tend to believe that. Uh, I don't think this is one that I would necessarily get into. Their, their yield is pretty good. It's a 3% dividend yield, so it's not bad. Um, they're actually buying back $30 million worth of stock um, because, you know, and again, a, a lot of the banks deal because inflation is high. Um, yes, they're going to make more money as interest rates go up. Um, but because inflation is high, because the yields tend to invert, it doesn't make sense to lend money out. So they tend to have less business. That's essentially my understanding of it. Again, I'm not an economist. That's my understanding of it. That's why banks are down. Uh, my particular bank that I like on this pullback, um, Wells Fargo, uh, WFC, their earnings coming up tomorrow, uh, April 13th. <clears throat> Ironically, yesterday was a buy-in at $48.94. Um, let's see. What are they trading for right now? Uh, $47.66. So you get in under the algorithm. Now, the algorithm is actually performing about half of what the performance of the actual asset is. The asset performance is 72%. The algorithm is performing at 46%. Uh, over 1,000 candles, you'd have 29 positions, 10 of them winners, 19 of them losers. And that's just because this, again, this one trades in a smaller range. The beta is significantly less and safer to use the algorithm. So that's one that I like. The other one that I like <clears throat> that's coming up, I think they report tomorrow as well. Bank of America. Um, they report on April 14th. So yeah, tomorrow. Um, that one is you'd be out. Didn't have a MACD cross up. Looks like it probably will cross up today if this one goes up. Uh, if it goes down, it probably will not uh, cross up. Let me just expand this yeah it's close um but i like wells fargo and bank of america bank of america like i said if it's under 40 uh i usually buy this one but with jp morgan's earnings coming in the way they are blackrock also had earnings um essentially what what both blackrock and jamie Dimon said is geopolitical and economic cliffs are ahead um both of them reiterated that so uh, banks, maybe not the best investment right now, but I might play some earnings. I will let you know. Um, ironically, I was at my neighbor's house last night. They both work for Delta. And I was asking them, do you have any knowledge about when they said, hey, planes are packed? Um, and the ironic thing is people are paying top dollar for their seats. Uh, the coach seats uh, are not as full as first class and comfort plus. So that's an, that was an interesting insight to me. I asked them about um, fuel costs and because one of them's pilot and he mentioned to me that uh, fuel, you know, Delta's just, from what I understand, Delta has tried to hedge fuel and they don't hedge fuel and they don't do a very good job of it. <clears throat> but I said, wouldn't it be funny, you know, to, and I told him I was over there 
asking him questions. I said, I should just buy it right now at 37. It was at 37 and change. I said, it's going to go up to 42. Well, um, Delta is ironically trading at 40. Earlier this morning when they announced earnings, it went up to 41.40. So it didn't hit the 42 mark, but it was trading at 37 when I looked at it last night. So um, I didn't buy that one, kicking myself, but essentially Delta better than expected revenue, which was more than $1 billion above expectations. Analysts missed this one by $1 billion. The guidance forward, bullish, super high demand. March was their highest booking month in the history of the airline. Not just pre-pandemic, history of the airline. Um, they're seeing people opting for premium seats over economy, exactly what my neighbor said. Um, they're seeing economy seats uh, that are the last booked, but the, essentially that stuff's coming back. It also indicated to me that I think uh, business travel might be back. So um, there's your kind of overview. The other thing that happened at 8.30, PPI came out. Um, the, the inflation is just crazy. Futures were up about 100 at that point. They went down to uh, expected open about 200 down. Uh, and they've come back. They have uh, not necessarily you know, rebounded to where they were this morning, but they were flat, um, expected open. I don't necessarily see it. Let me see if I can see it on my phone on CNBC's app. That's usually where I go to see the, the futures. Um, so NASDAQ, wide open 13, uh, down, down 30. So you're kind of seeing it like it was a little bit yesterday towards the end of the day. I don't think that you're seeing anything crazy. Um, bonds did go up. Uh, if this really is the top of inflation, then banks would be the buy. Uh, I think you have one more month. Again, we have a half point rate increase. So um, let's kind of get into stocks. Again, I brought up Devin. I brought up Fang. Um, I, oil, UCO yesterday, remember I told you? I think uh, 165 was the top range. Traded up to uh, the day range yesterday was 160.74 to 165. Today it's opening up at 167. Closed at 164 yesterday. It hit the 165 mark. Like I said, take your profits when you can. This is a decaying value asset. So it's not something that you necessarily hold on to for the long term. I do think that this one's going back to 190. Um, but I would not, if I had profits in this one, I would take it and I would wait for a slight pullback and buy it at a lower rate. Again, uh, remember, there's tax implications if you're doing this in a brokerage account. If you're doing that in a retirement account, there's no tax implications whatsoever. Just buy it at a lower lower price and, and, and sell at a higher price. Buy low, sell high. Kind of simple to me. But again, if you, you know, in, in, my, in my world, I typically do this in retirement accounts so that there isn't that tax, tax implication. If you're doing this in a brokerage account, remember, any short-term capital gains are considered income. So you'd have to watch your tax brackets because these are taxed at the highest uh, marginal tax rate that you have. So if you make more than $400,000 a year, you're probably paying 50% of your actual gains in taxes. Um, and that's not a tax policy issue. 
That's just the reality of the situation. That was under Trump's taxes. That's under Biden's taxes. That's the way it is. If you're a high income earner, you pay short term capital gains at the highest marginal rate that you have. Not tax advice either, because I could 100% be wrong because I'm not in a high earner's tax bracket, but I think some of some of the listers might be. Um, so uh, that is the oil. Um, uh, if we look at Devin, we looked at Devin, we looked at Fang. Um, there's BTU, which was uh, Peabody Energy. Um, and this one was a Tom recommendation. It's at 29.58. It's continuing to rise. I think this was one that we were still into. Um, in the algorithm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you've been in this one since 24 at, uh, on March 27th, 21st. <clears throat> it's rather high. The MACD's up there. The earnings are coming up on April 27th. Um, again, if you've got anything kind of in earnings, uh, with oil and stuff, you're going, you're not necessarily looking, these have run up so much. You probably are looking at record earnings coming up just because of the price of energy has soared so much, but it's going to, be their outlook that really kind of drives them. I think you can own these through earnings. I think <clears throat> you're going to be given, you know, again, you look at Peabody in October, they lost 38 cents per share um, on their Q2 earnings, I guess. On their Q1 earnings in February, they made $3.90 per share. They were trading around $12 at that point. Today, it's $29.29.16 $29. is why it closed. So, um, you've got that one. Tom also has a bunch for me to look at. UNG is one. Uh, this is natural gas. This one is flying. Uh, you would have been in February 16th at $15. Um, today you're at $23. It's going crazy. It hasn't pulled back. Um, the It's using the nine day, which uh, just means that it's soaring as its support level. It's not even close to the 50 day level. Um, I would be scared to get in at this price. Uh, the RSI is at 74, which means it's completely overbought. Uh, the MACD is way above. Doesn't look like it's coming down. But that's one that I kind of would be scared about. Uh, UAN, uh, CYR Partners. I guess it's an energy. Uh, again, probably an energy. I haven't looked at this one. The algorithm on March 18th had you in at 114. This one's at 150. Again. The uh, RSI is at 66. This one just had another MACD cross-up. I necessarily think it's a little too rich for my blood. Uh, You're at 52-week highs, I believe. Let me see on on Active Trader Pro. 52-week high is 150 back in March. Uh, You're right there. It's trading, you know, 148 is where it closed. Um, Next one is MOS. This one's Mosaic. This one's a... Uh, fertilizer company, and this one you'd still be in it. Uh, it's at seventy five. This one was a buy right before the uh Ukraine invasion, February first at forty two dollars, and you would have you know cl- close to doubled your money at this point. Um, but let me look real quick. It's fifty two week high is seventy four seventy five on the eighth of April, and you are gonna open up at seventy seven. So you're at all-time highs here. Um, The RSI is at 70. The MACD crossed up. 
again, go in at your own risk. Uh, that's not particularly one that I would think that I could uh, run up for another 50%. But again, with a, uh, with a, uh, a, a crazy, crazy uh, market like we have right now um, with wheat and all of that stuff. So, um, uranium, U-R-N-M, uh, this is one you'd be in as of March 21st at 84. It's at 89 right now. The RSI is at 66, rather high. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily get into that one, but, you know, kudos if you have. Um, VET, Vermilion Energy, is another energy one. This one would have had you in March 24th at 21.87 and you would have been out with a 5% uh, loss. It's trading at $20.88. The symbol is VET. This one might pique my interest a little bit. Um, It looks like in pre-market, it's not necessarily running. Um, the 10-day volume worries me a little bit. The 90-day average volume is uh, 2.4 million shares a day. The 10-day is 2 million. So you're down about 20% on that one. The P-E ratio is only 3.79. Their dividend yield is 0.92. Their dividend X date is the 18th. So uh, that is coming up in five days. That's where their dividend is. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah. Why is it 418? But on this one, it says March 3rd. Hmm. I don't know. I'd trust Fidelity. But uh, you would be out of this one. Uh, Their earnings are coming up April 27th. So uh, I do believe that this one um, might have a MACD cross up. The RSI is at 47. So VET, Vermilion Energy. Interesting one. NUGT, I saw this one. This is the uh, gold miners, Direction Gold Miners. Um, this is one you would have been in February 3rd at 45. It's at 75 today. Completely oversold. Um, again, if you're getting into this one, I saw it cross on the ticker, actually. I wrote this one down, and Tom had me look at it. Um, they are a yearly dividend, it looks like. Um, but it does look like it's probably a hedge uh, against inflation, and it's been performing exactly like that. Um, so NUGT, GDX, another gold miner. Um, this was one that looked a little more realistic. I thought, nope, it's flying as well. Um, this is one with an RSI at 59, so it's not completely sold off, but you did have just have a recent cro- uh, MACD cross-up in the algorithm. You'd be in this all the way since February 3rd at $30. Today, you're at $39. Um, let's see there. Uh, look at them in Active Trader Pro. Um, and GDX, their PE ratio is 0.07, it says. Um, so they're down. They're going to open up at 40, which, you know, again, the four handle is kind of traditionally a resistance level. Um, their 52-week high is $40.38 on Monday. So you're buying at all-time highs, or 52-week highs, I should say. Um, that's GDX. CF Industries, which is another al- agriculture one. 
Um, their symbol is CF. It's opening up at 111. The 52-week high is 110, which was set just last week on the 8th. So you're going to open up a 52-week high. Um, let's look at them in the algorithm. In the algorithm, uh, it has a buy here on a MACD cross-up on the 8th at 108.32. You're slightly up there. You're buying it at all-time highs. The RSI today is at 62. It just had that MACD cross-up, like I said, three days ago. The 10-day day volume is 3.4 million. The 90-day volume is 4 million. So you have had a slight downturn in um, volume. Uh, their dividend yield is 1%, um, but it doesn't. it's already passed. It's in, been in February. Their earnings are coming up on May 4th. So you could see a catalyst in this one with those earnings. Um, they Back in August, it was $1.14 per share. Um, November, $1.2 per share. And then in February, $3.27 per share. Again, this is an agriculture um, company. Um, they do fertilizer. So, and I believe that's what CF industry does, but, um, the volume is going up, um, recently, but it's been coming, you know, back in March, but it's been coming down. So the danger is that the bottom falls out. Now they probably will have record earnings. Their guidance will probably be enormous. Um, Kramer's been big on telling us that Ukraine is 30% of the calories um, that come, that provides the world 30% of the actual calories. So where are those calories coming from? Well, we're going to have to grow more, which means agriculture and fertilizer is going to have to, um, prop this up. So, uh, CF Industries is a good one. CRK, maybe I won't go over all of these, Tom, because this will be a, a hour long show, but CRK, Comstock Resources, um, your RSI is at 70. Again, you were in this one March 22nd at 982. It's at $15 today. <clears throat> While I agree this is a great buy, I'm just not sure if it's not overrun at this point. Um, it's going to open up at 1563. So it's a little bit high. Um, Alcoa is a good one. Uh, AA. Um, that one I've, I've played in the past, not recently, but in the past, I have traded this one for swing trades. Um, they are opening up at $84. Their 52 week high is 98 set back in March. Um, let's look at them in the algorithm, uh, to see where their RSI is. So you would be out on this one. Um, you would have had a 2% gain. You would have been out on April 7th because the MACD did cross down. And the moving averages were down. Now, uh, back in um, August, yeah, July, I'm sorry, $1.49 per share. Uh, October, $2.05 per share. January, $2.50 per share. You're coming up on earnings on April 20th. They will probably have record earnings again, just like the, the last three times it's gone up. They will probably beat again. But again, this one has run up. It's 52-week high is 98 back in March. Uh, it has come down since then. Uh, their 10-day volume is 5 million shares. Their 90-day volume is 8 million shares. Their P-E ratio right now is 38. It's enormous. Not sure I would do it, but if you want to, perfectly willing to do that. 
Carlisle Group, CG. I don't actually know what they do, so let's just look at the actual chart and the, um, the dividend yield, 2.34. Uh, their earnings date is the 28th. Um, you are right at 10-day and 90-day volume right now. The 52-week high is $60 set back in um, November. I think this is a investment group, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, they are down. You would be out of this one. You would have been out on April 7th with a 4% gain from 43 to 45, um, 4.42 to be exact. Today, you're at 42.68. You're going to open up just probably around there. <clears throat> Again, the volume is not exactly in pre-market. The MACD is crossing down. The RSI is down. Uh, I don't expect this one to be a buy anytime soon. You're probably looking at three or four candles before, which means you're probably looking at Friday, maybe Monday, if it does start to turn around. Uh, right now, it just doesn't look like it's turning around. The Bollinger Bands are high in the pre-market, um, and it does look like it's, it's trending up slightly. <clears throat> but because the volume's not there, I wouldn't necessarily trust this one. Um, Boyle, uh, B-O-I-L. This was one that was up in pre-market. Yep, it has since come back down. Uh, trading closed to 78. Yesterday's trading range was 76 to 83. Uh, the bid and ask are about $80.10, $80.20, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, this is tracking natural gas, and this is a great, I think it's triple levered. Um, not exactly sure, but um, I know, I'm pretty sure it's levered, but the RSI is at 74. The MACD is huge on this one. Uh, you are at, uh, nope, 52-week high was back in uh, October, 97. So you're not quite at highs. But this is, again, this is a decaying value asset. I would, not, I would recommend trading it, not necessarily owning it. Um, so let's look at some ones that are my favorites. SPG, like I said. Um, this one traded yesterday between 125 and 128. It closed at 126. It's going to open up right about 125, 126. So it's not really moving. Um, if we look at the, the algorithm on this one, this is Simon Property Group. They run malls. Uh, it's slightly down. You're still out on this one as of April 6th. Um, the performance chart on this one is the algorithm makes 13% versus buying and holding made 122%. You have been in a slide on this one all the way since November. Um, it had a slight bump up after December to January, but it is just downward, downward trend. Their earnings are coming up on May 9th. You do have a 5% dividend yield on this one. Um, the 90-day volume is 2 million shares. The 10-day volume is 1.7 million. So you do have volume coming out of this one. Again, if inflation is going up and the consumer feels a little hit, this is a, um, uh, an outlet mall, uh, but they're a higher-end outlet mall, so it's, not, you know, it's better than going to a retail store, but it's not quite as good as a discount store like Dollar Tree or Target or things of that sort. Um, in fact, let's look at Target because that one did have a MACD cross-up um, back, and like I said, buy it on April 8th. <clears throat> it was trading at 227, uh, and the algorithm said to buy. You'd still be in this one. It's still flying up. It's 231, so you would have made some money. Not a whole hell of a lot. There is a gap below that I worry about um, between 204 and 200. Uh, my belief is that at some point, 
that gap gets filled. It bounced off and used 204 um, on April 4th as the support level to go up. But with CPI data, it's down 0.57 pre-market right at about 230. Um, SKT trades right along with SPG. SKT is Tanger Outlets. They're just a different outlet mall. They have a different um, structure than Simon. You do have a buy-in as of yesterday. It's 1749 on the algorithm. Again, I warn you, the algorithm is not doing as well as buying and holding. Buying and holding got you 196% on this one, over 1,000 candles. A lot of that is because of the, uh, the, uh, the, the recovery from 2020. So remember, it's a thousand candles, two candles a day in trading days. This goes all the way back to June 2020. Um, so it, the algorithm would have lost you 8%, but buying and holding would make you 196%. That's just because you would have been in um, for a, a while on this one with the algorithm, but you've had several losing trenches on this one. Um, yeah, let's, let's look at our all, <clears throat> some of the all-time favorites, uh, Oracle, which I still love um, because they buy back so much stock and they, they take it out. This one, you would have been out, and I probably should have told you to get out at 81 uh, with an 8% uh, on the algorithm gain. Uh, it was once the dividend was paid uh, the day after, said get out. The, the moving average is crossed down um, uh, below the 50-day. It's kind of bouncing off the 50-day. My assumption is there's no catalyst on this one per se. So you're going to probably continue to go down. Um, Shopify. Have I hurt you guys on Shopify? Um, my hope is that this comes back at some point. The algorithm has you out. Um, you would have made 15% if you would have bought March 10th. And I believe I brought it up on March 10th. Um, at 567, you would have been out April 7th. Probably should have looked at it earlier, but... You would have been out. I think I may have looked at it and said you were out. Um, 671. Um, so you're at 590 today. It did get you out. Uh, the MACD is crossing down. The RSI is at 33. This may be a buy here very soon. Um, you know, going into earnings, uh, which come up on April 26th. Nobody is expecting much from this name. So one of my, uh, you know, what you're seeing today is. Uh, a lot of these recovery stocks, travel stocks, um, things of that sort, they're kind of recovering. I'm looking at Ruth Chris right now, which is one of my holdings. I have a very small position, maybe $1,000 in this one. Not much at all. Uh, it's up 5% today. You would not be in this. It will cr probably cross up in the next couple of candles. But the RSI is at 40. The MACD is down below. Their earnings are coming up on March 5th. Um, that's up 4%. In the pre-market, I'm just kind of going over Occidental Petroleum up two percent in the pre-market. This one, like I said, had a buy at sixty-one dollars and eight cents. It's at sixty dollars and fifty-eight cents today. You're still in that trade. Um, the MACD has not crossed down yet. You have earnings coming up on May tenth. I, you know, again, you've got a small gap here between fifty-four. And 55, which I think it probably goes down to again. Um, it's been using that as kind of a support level uh, prior to going up. Um, but this is an energy name. Great, great opportunity. 
Um, Morgan Stanley's down 1%. Ethereum, ETHE up 15% in the pre-market. Um, let's just make sure that that's right. Sometimes these grayscale um, trust funds don't don't trade great. Uh, it closed to twenty one thirty seven. It's it's not at fifteen percent. It's at about two three percent. So it's opening up at twenty one eighty five. Let's see where uh, Trendspider Trendspider doesn't have it. Trendspider looks like it might be fifteen minutes behind on their update. But uh, so yeah, uh, you've got some some great opportunities here. Uh, looking at yesterday, uh, oh, let's bring up J.B. Hunt. J.B. Hunt, I think I bought a couple of days early. Um, let's see where they're opening up. Uh, I bought this one 171.70, uh, 173.70. Let me just make sure that that's right. Um, J.B. Hunt, I bought at 173.70. It is at 171. Uh, 91. So I'm down on this one. Uh, it is scrolling up slightly in the pre-market. Um, uh, it had a bad day yesterday. Uh, like I said, I did not listen to the algorithm on this one. I tried to plan the algorithm cross up. Uh, it just crossed up in this morning candle. So today, uh, I think if you can get this one below 171, um, I think you buy it right now. It, it is. It's at 170. Uh, I think, you know, again, this is shipping. Their earnings are coming up on April 18th. Um, you heard Delta. The only problem, and I will caveat this one, it has the 50-day moving under the 200-day, which is typically the death cross. Uh, but my belief is when you go to Finviz and you look at J.B. Hunt, um, and this is, again, I'm just looking at what they say. April 18th, or I'm sorry, April 13th, uh, which is today, upgrade from uh, hold to buy, uh, Deutsche, Deutsche Bank, 210 to $230 price target. <clears throat> March 9th, Goldman, neutrals to buy, 209 to $231 price target. Um, March 2nd, vertical research, hold to buy. They didn't put a price target in. February 18th, JP Morgan, underweight to neutral, 175 to 203 is their price target. Um, there's an article from yesterday in Zach's about what's in store for the research for JB Hunt, uh, for earnings, I'm sorry. And you can look at it, read it. I'll post it onto Twitter, but you can go to Finviz and look at this one. This is one that I purchased recently, so I'm looking at it. I am seeing um, uh, some alerts on Active Trader Pro, Zoom Video, stock prices cross below the lower Bollinger Band, so Zoom's going down. Targets, stochastic lines cross below the 80 level, um, so it's no longer kind of flying high. Salesforce has crossed below the low Bollinger Band. Um, I've got a lot of these, and if you don't use uh, Fidelity Active Trader Pro, on open gives you a ton, a ton of technical kind of alerts that almost mean nothing because it's on the daily chart. So if you're trying to trade on a, um, on a day trading basis, these kind of alerts mean nothing, but I like to see them. Uh, 52 week high for Coca-Cola, um, CVX, uh, Chevron. Um, that one, oh, oh, I can't look at it. Let me, let me just open this up a little. Crossed above the Bollinger Band and it has. 
So, um, again, energy is kind of going up. CVX is up 1%. Um, so things are going well. What we'll have tomorrow is the, the weekly job report. Um, today was the PPI, like I said. Um, we have opened up. The Dow Jones is up about 90 points, and the NASDAQ is up about 11 points. The S&P is up just 7, 8. So you opened up rather low. Nothing super exciting, which is good. Um, DAL. Oh, Zip Trader is big on um, ATER still. Um, this is the $5 stock that uh, ran up from $2. Um, this is their big one. Uh, they believe that this is uh, an opportunity. If you listen to Charlie about some of the short earnings and some of the um, the the catalysts that are in this one, watch his videos. Um, they're good. They're they're you know again, this is a day trade opportunity. Um, it's not something that I would necessarily say, hey, buy this one and put it in your long term portfolio because I don't think it's that type of stock. Um, but uh, that is one that they are touting. Uh, and it is falling down on open. Well, it's kind of, doesn't have support level. He teaches you all about support levels and things. So, uh, that is it. I think I went for about 40 minutes today. So my apologies, Tom, I will get to all of your stuff. Don't make a list for me again. <laughs> and let's debate masks. <laughs> By the way, uh, my hope and my personal hope is that Biden does remove the mask mandate. Uh, I don't think he will. But on planes, um, my understanding of the air on planes, my understanding that people are just frustrated and my sympathy for my neighbors who have to um, make people comply with the mask mandates when they don't necessarily believe in the mask mandates. Um, I tend to wear my mask anyway. I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. But if I had to sit on a plane and wear a mask for eight hours a day, um, or the entire flight, the whole day, if I were an attendant, uh, if I were a pilot, and wear that mask the entire time, that would bug the hell out of me. So, uh, and dealing with people fighting you because they don't want to wear the mask, and you legally have to put them in their place. Expedia is up, by the way. Um, looks like most of these uh, reopened trades. Carnival, I got an alert on. So, um, I will talk to you tomorrow. Sorry to ramble on. Have a great day.